0: So the last two weeks we had a chance to hear stories from a couple different missionaries. We heard from the Hardaways. We heard about their journey and uh, all the interruptions as they head towards Papua New Guinea. And then we also heard from the Baileys last week and their journey in Cambodia. And uh, that was uh, pretty cool. We had a lot of fun going out with them for lunch after and just hearing what they were uh, working with and that kind of stuff. In the next three weeks, if you're newer visiting this morning, I'm going on sabbatical. So I'll be going on sabbatical after Memorial Day Sunday. So this next three Sundays and then I'll be gone. And I wanted to uh, coach us on some targets that are coming our direction. Much like things came the Hardaway's way and the Bailey's way, there's some things coming our way. And I want us to be able to think about that corporately together as a a group together. So uh, what I want to coach us on is what I would call face steps. Right? We all kind of know what face steps are. And I want to focus on three of them that are, like I said, right in our window here, kind of present near future. Now if you're in the audience and listening, (coughs) excuse me, that was good ice cream by the way. (laughs) Pam didn't want hers, so I sacrificially ate hers for her. Yeah, I know. I'm a good guy. Um, But my coaching may sound like lobbying. You know how you're sitting out there sometime and you're hearing, and you're like, oh, "And I'm being sold. And uh, Really, you just need to know that's really not my intention, um, and I'm not trying to do that. What I'm trying to do is map some of the areas that I see the Lord at work in, and where do we fall in timing and place in that map. All right? So if you kind of think of it that way, uh, that, that'll help quite a bit. As we saw, uh, as I mentioned from the heart of the valleys that process journey. Notice it wasn't a straight line. Faith seldom is, right? It kind of does this sort of thing. And I, I'm assuming that that will be that way for us as well. So if we're talking about these faith targets, what are the three targets that I'm going to cover? So here's what we're going to look at this morning. This morning I'm going to look at multiplication. I want to tell you what's going on in the Northwest and I want to tell you what's going on in our conference. There are some incredibly exciting things that are happening right now as we sit here, and most of us don't even know that it's going on. And the question will be then how does that ping back on us? Next week, I want to talk about face steps um, in regards to the Zipfizz space. Uh, the Zipfizz space is coming next open, right? Zipfizz is right there next to us. We've often had the dream of taking over that half of the warehouse. It's opening up, and it's opening up too soon. Like right now, like they are looking for a place and probably will move out before the end of summer. And Jacob says he's going to start marketing in June. And Steve, what would you like to do? <laughs> Thanks. Uh, give me a lead time. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> that's coming up. And then I want to talk about sabbatical steps on the third Sunday. I think I'm going to, it's important that I do steps well. And I also think it's important that we as a church do steps well by faith during that time. And I think if we do that, God will work in some ways that will be astounding. So as we're thinking about that, let's begin with the, the multiplication site. And to do that, I want to take you back uh, to the book of Acts chapter 13. Anytime you look at a movement or if you're in a company or stuff, they will say, what were the original documents? What was the original uh, footprint or the, the vision of This company or this ministry or that kind of stuff. And what you find is if you stray from the original footprint, you often uh, go off target. And so this is Acts 13. The church in Antioch is actually up in what we now call modern-day Lebanon, that area there. Uh, They were part of a result of persecution. Persecution had broken out in Jerusalem. People had scattered. They had recollected in this church called Antioch. And it says there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and they sent them off. This historical moment that you're looking at on the screen ushered in what we know as the first great... Missionary church planning movement, right? Never had happened before. There was never a church before. There was nothing that ever existed before this other than Jewish and Jewish synagogues, right? And there wasn't a great worldwide church planning synagogue movement at that moment in history, right? And so uh, churches were planted in Cyprus, Pamphylia, Iconium, Lystra, Derby, Philippi, Thessalonica, Berea, Athens, Cornith, Ephesus, and Rome. Most of these places are located in what we now know as modern-day Turkey or Greece. So that, if you picture that place in your mind there. Now, I'm not going to go through all of church history. Obviously, there are many and multiple church movements and multiple church planning movements. But I just want to fast forward about 2,000 years to another movement that began in the United States. Um, Swedish missionaries came out west to evangelize the Swedes and Norwegians who were fishing and lumbering in the great Northwest. And again, churches were planted from Bellingham to Portland and all in between. And these churches then became known as the Columbia Baptist Conference and were part of the Baptist General Conference, which was at that time located in Chicago, uh, which are now known as Converge USA and Converge Northwest. And then in the 70s, Another wave took place and uh, all these churches that had been planted began planting new churches uh, in suburbs in the Northwest. Some very, very um, front-seeing people, future-oriented people said, you know, one day there's going to be a town in like Bellevue and we should buy some land there before it actually becomes a city so that when it becomes a city we can have churches there. And so a number of people who uh, had great faith uh, purchased land in different places where they thought there'd be a church. Uh, if you go back, then, how many remember back when Bellevue, uh, it was a farmer's market, right? Any of us in here remember that? Honey, you can remember. I know you don't want to raise your hand because that means you're old, but <laughs> nobody else is raising their hand either, so they're pretending they're not old either. But it was a farmer's market. It was a whistle stop. There was nothing there. And now what we know as Bellevue, when you drive along, it almost rivals Seattle. You're like, wow! But that wasn't always that way. And so all these churches were planted. Uh, two significant ones were North Shore Baptist in Bothell and Westwood Baptist in Olympia, both of uh, which we're, we're going to take a look at this morning because they tie with this story. But they amplify the concept of multiplication. So let's begin with North Shore. I, I wanted a picture, uh, an old picture of North Shore back in the day, probably like 1979. I couldn't find it. Uh, but it was a small church. We, When we came out, uh, I came out to Seattle with uh, Pastor Jan Hedinger. They were looking for a part-time uh, youth pastor. They were going to hire somebody from SPU. And Jan said, could I bring somebody along I've been working with? And they said, well, sure, we'll try and find them a place to live. And so I hopped on Amtrak and in 1979 came across the wild, woolly west, and landed in King Station on December 2nd, 1979. And uh, North Shore at that time, we thought, was a small church that wanted to grow. It turned out it was a medium church that had imploded. All right, so there was a huge debris field. We had to pick it all up, and uh, that was quite a deal. But at the time when we first arrived, North Shore was a small church, probably about 90 to 120. That's very evangelistically speaking. That included the cats, dogs, diapers, everything, right? And uh, it, we started away, and away we went. And uh, it was an incredible season. It was a wonderful run, and um, it, it grew. God was at work. And as a result, after 25 years, North Shore was about 1,800 in attendance. All right? But that isn't the biggest part of the story. Uh, and this term the site, so now in your mind, imagine that I'm shooting you a picture of North Shore now present today. Quite a bit different, much bigger facility, uh, about 3,000 are attendance there right now today. But the bigger part of the story is that Pastor Jan always had, and um, I should mention as well, Pastor Jan uh, Headinga uh, will be coming and speaking to our church in July. He'll be speaking four Sundays in July, so I really think that's going to be a great deal, and I want to... Uh, put him before you as somebody that you could eagerly anticipate uh, when he comes and speaks. It'll be it'll be quite a deal. By the way, he has stories about me that I've never told, right? That may be worth coming just for that. But um, he had always had a dream of church planting, and we had had some failures. We had tried a couple times, and a couple churches' plants hadn't gone well and actually died, and so it's pretty easy to get discouraged, but he kept at it, and... um Got with some guys and suddenly the thing started to take off. And the exciting part of the story is fast forward. By 2005, there were 15 church plants uh, in the network of North Shore's network. And all included, there were about 6,000 people worshipping. Right? What that meant was there were more people worshipping outside of North Shore than there were at North Shore, even though North Shore had grown Exponentially. Now, let me give you some context here. Uh, as I mentioned, the planting did not come easily or quickly. There were a lot of hiccups and failures. And I also mentioned earlier that we're a Converge USA church and are in the Northwest District, now known as Converge Northwest. Why is that important? Well, from the time that we started, back when Converge West started, I believe it was 1890. So go back to 1890. In that 120 years, we have collected 94 churches in our association, right? So factor that time in, 94 churches, 124 years. And here's where it gets really radical and edgy. Right now, Converge USA is the number one church planting uh, conference in the entire United States. And not only is it the number one church planting conference, but it has the best survival rate of any conference in the United. We've learned some things over the years that we've been doing this. And right now, nine out of 10 church plants survive, which is off the charts uh, compared to other groups. And so we're really pretty excited about that. And the dream, there's been a dream that's been impressed on our district Uh, that you haven't heard about because you don't go to the annual meetings or or those sort of things, but uh, we go every year. And uh, about three years ago, Steve Welling, our district executive, uh, had been struggling with something. He felt like the Lord had given him a number, but he didn't want to say the number because the number was crazy stupid and he didn't want to look like an idiot in front of the rest of the group. And so uh, one annual meeting, he just didn't say anything about it, went through the year and Then he did it another one, and finally it was burning in him, and he could not say it anymore. So the third year, he actually got up in front and said, I want to throw a number out. And the number that he threw out, it was actually two numbers. He threw out the number 200 and the number 10, right, 210. And what he was saying is it has taken us 120 years to build or gather 94 churches in our association He said, I believe the Lord has impressed upon me the number 200, that we will be at the number 200 churches in 10 years. Now think about that. 120 years, 94 churches, get to 200 in 10. And here's the crazy, wacky thing about that. It's actually happening. It's actually happening. Our last North Sound Network meeting uh, was held at Edgewood. I was sitting around the room looking, and I started... Looking at all the guys, I went, wow, that's a new plant. Well, that's a new plant. Well, that's... And I thought, you know what? Our church doesn't know anything about this. I need to communicate this to us. So let me communicate to you and show you all the church plants that have happened in just the last three years. right? So this, a lot of us know of plants that have happened five or seven years. But let me give you the ones that have happened in just the last three years. So for this one, I do have a slide. So here's what they are. Mike Satterfield, he's on the board at Lake Retreat with me, and he comes out of Cascade Church, and they just planted uh, up in Stanwood, and so we have a new church plant since Easter. That's when they started. Scott Mulvar, he's the pastor of Sola. That's he and his wife there on the screen in the middle, and they're in Bothell, and they've been uh, planted for just right at the three-year mark. Andrew Spink, he's in the hinterland of Ballard, and uh, he's down there, and he uh, has been given great favor in the eyes of the community, and they've given him the community center that they can meet for church, and they're starting to do all kinds of uh, community outreach and activities. Down there, the name of his church is Flourish. Uh, pra- Pradipan Jiva. That name's a little hard to pronounce, but this guy's a trip. He has h- Hindi parents, all right? So he's got Hindi parents, but he was raised in Michigan, Right, so he looks like a Middle Eastern person with a Midwest accent. He and I got along great. We were just yakking away. Jerry, you to like the man. He was. It's. It's. You it just look at the guy, and what comes out of his mouth does not sound right. Right, like dude, you sound like you're from Detroit. That's not right, you know. And uh, they just planted a church in Bellevue. He and his wife and family. And so uh, he's one that uh, it's callous, but I'd like to get him to come speak sometime. He is something else. I think we'd really enjoy him. Trevor Horn also has planted out a Cascade. He's down in the Green Green Lake area. Him and his wife, Hillary, and uh, their two children. And he's planting Rise Church. Jerry Griffin, just to give you an idea how this is going in our network. So Ballard planted North Shore. North Shore planted Cascade and Monroe. Cascade and Monroe planted Adventure and Duval. Duval Adventure and Duval planted... Uh, the 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 ridge here, with Jerry Griffin up by um, up on Redmond Ridge, by Trilogy Golf Course up there. That's where they. I couldn't find a picture of Jerry. He's hiding. Well, uh, next one up is Tom Reagan. It's not Tim. It's Tom, and uh, Tom is a, a friend of mine. And Tom comes out of North Shore, and North Shore planted Imprint, and now Imprint's going to plant uh, Tom's church. Um, they don't have a name for it yet. So that's why imprints up there. But the thing you need to know about Tom is he's had brain cancer. Uh, in the middle of planting and going through church assessment, he had a lump on the side of his head. And so they went, they, they had to check it out. They found out he had brain cancer. And so they sent him down to Houston. Um, and if you look at Tom today, he's got a big old jagged scar across his head. And uh, miraculously, not only is he alive, but miraculously he has all his function. And so they were at imprint and they said, well, Tom, what are you going to do now? And he said, well, I'm not dead, so let's plant the church. They said, are you kidding me? You just had brain cancer. He said, well, yeah, but I'm alive. And they said, I'm not going to die, so um, let's plant the church. And they said, well, what if you die? He said, well, let's hope we get it planted before I do. He's just got amazing faith, right? And so Tom is planting a church out of imprint and they'll be planting that church this year. Great family, you can pray for them. Uh, Jake Getz comes out of Overlay Christian and he wound up at North Shore and Jake just planted. He is two blocks down the street from Imprint. So Darren Larson and Imprint in Woodinville, two blocks down the street is Jake Getz and Arbor Church. Jake planted at uh, Easter and last week they had 700 people in attendance. All right? So if you want to talk about bang out of the gate and really... Uh, doing something. Uh, Jake has got it rolling there at Arbor Church. Uh, David Evanger has an incredible story of the death of his sister and how that led him into church planting, and he has a church uh, called Sedaris. If you ever want to check the story out, go on the Sedaris website and read the story of how that got founded. It'll move you to tears. Mark Erickson is out of our church in Bear Creek, which is uh, down in the uh, kind of the Cottage Lake area of Woodenville over there. He's going to plant in the Totem Lake area, and in the name of his church is going to be Corridor, the Corridor Church. And so uh, that's uh, Mark. And then Leo Nesco is out of Cascade, and Leo has just planted a church in Monroe called Casa del Paz for uh, a Hispanic work in the Hispanic-speaking people that are in the Monroe area. Now, those are the ones that I want to show you two trippy ones. Here's two really trippy ones. Okay. These two guys right here are Anglican priests. All right, they didn't start out as Anglican priests. They started out as Evangelical uh, Baptists like us. All right, even though we don't call ourselves Baptists anymore, we say we're Baptists, but not mad about it. Right. And um, but what they found, Ryan Brotherton, you might recognize the name Brotherton Cadillac. He's from that family, and uh, they looked at the Barry Crane North Sound is right in that Edmunds Bowl. And they found they were having a terrible time reaching out to the Anglican. Uh, in the, there, there are about six to eight thousand Anglicans in the Edmunds Bowl. Do you know what I mean? That Edmunds Bowl we're talking about, where the city is. And what what they found out was the Anglicans uh, did not want to go along with the Anglican Church and some of the liberal directions it was taking and all that kind of stuff. And so they stepped out of the church, but they were orphans because they had no church to belong to because they didn't want to become Baptists or anything else. They were Anglican. They loved the Lord. They believed in the Lord. They just had no church. And so Barry and Ryan were talking through this, and they, they said, well, let's start an Anglican church. Well, how do you do that? Well, somebody's got to become an Anglican priest. So Ryan volunteered, went to school, became and studied, and became an Anglican priest and now North, so- North Sound Church in uh, Edmonds, right, is planting an Anglican church in their church for believing Anglicans in the Edmonds Bowl. And uh, it's just a crazy story. That took hold. And this other fellow here, Kevin Crake, watched what they were doing and said, hey, that there's a lot of Anglicans up in Everett that are also wanting a place. And so Wes Johnson, our church in Bethel, up in Everett, uh, said, well, I've got room and we got a place we could uh, hold a church. And so Kevin is pa- partnering with Wes up there. And so uh, this is really crazy stuff. We are being written up all over the nation in terms of church planting. Nobody's ever heard of this happening before, right? Where you uh, help another denomination plant so that... People can have a church. And these people are believers. They're, they're Jesus people, all right? And they're flourishing because they've now got their church back again and they've got a place where they can worship. All told, if you add these all together, there are 13 new plants in the last three years. Is that incredible or what? I think we should give the Lord a hand on that. I just do. I think that's awesome. There are, at last count, I was talking to Todd Arambiti, who's my friend. Also at Cascade, and he helps with the networks. I think there are six to nine other ones in the pipeline right now, all right, that are being placed in the pipeline. And so not only are there plants that are happening, but we're developing networks. So let me shoot you to this next slide. Uh, Nate Hedinga, who's uh, my buddy, and uh, I was his youth pastor, and uh he's heading up. He's in charge of developing networks within the district. The other guy you see there is Todd Arambidi. I mentioned him. But the districts or the networks we have right now in the conference are Barry Crane heads up the North Sound Network. That's the one we're in. So we're in the North Sound area right here. And uh, And then Philip Miller, Westwood Baptist. We're going to come back to him in just a second. Um, he's heading up what's now being called the South Sound Network. And then Mike Satterfield, I mentioned that he just started the church up in Stanwood. He's uh, in charge of the North Cascades Network, which is basically Stanwood to the Canadian border, right? Stanwood, Mount Vernon, uh, Bellingham, uh, Sunrise, all that area up there. And then Dave DeVries is out of Crossroads Church. He's heading up the East Sound Network. And then uh, Caleb Richardson uh, is Radiant Church out of Alaska, and he's heading up uh, the Alaska network. So out of this now, not only do we have churches that are being planted, but we have networks that they meet in. And so they're all getting together, they're comparing notes, they're praying for each other, and the idea is no one's left out there stranded or alone or by themselves, but they have a team or a posse that, that come alongside them. I mentioned earlier that um, North Shore Community Church and Westwood uh, Baptist were planted at about the same time. And uh, I told you that I'd come back to Westwood as part of the story, so let me do that right now. So you guys just sent us down to the Thrive Conference in, in Sacramento at Bayside Church. And again, uh, from mine and the staff's part, Uh, thank you so much to you as a church and the elders for allowing us to go to something like that. It was fun. It was refreshing. It was insightful. I think we gained things that will really help us. And uh, it was wonderful to spend the time together. But while there, you know my story, usually wherever I go, I run into people I meet, right? And so I went down to this conference and didn't run into anybody I knew. Like, This is a desert, like you've got to be kidding me. I don't know anybody here out of this huge conference. So I'm walking around looking for people, assuming I'll stumble into somebody. And Friday afternoon, not only did I not run into anybody, I lost the staff. Okay, We we all broke up into different workshops and I'm walking around going, where is it? I couldn't find anybody. So I I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, this is really ridiculous. I almost always run into somebody. I haven't run into a soul. I need to find somebody to talk to. Right? So I, I need you to bump me into somebody. And right as he did that, Brooks texted me and said, Hey dude, I'm I'm up on the grass in a chair. Come come find me. So I come walking up and I see Brooks, right? And he's got his sunglasses on and he's got his spiked hair and he's sitting in the chair. So I come around and I say, Hey Brooks, dude, yeah, I went to this workshop and I couldn't even get in the workshop, so it was so full. And then I got went to another one, and then I got a call on my stupid phone, so I got pulled out of that one. So I'm up here and how did yours go? And I look And the guy's not Brooks. He goes, hi, I'm Philip. I said, well, hi, Philip. I'm Steve. You are not who I thought you were. (laughs) So we start talking. Turns out it's Philip Miller, the pastor of Westwood Baptist Church, right? And uh, I have a huge tie with Westwood. We go way back. Some of you remember the name Ron Mars. And I did a 20-year run together in youth ministries. And Jim Hayes, you'd say, what's the connection with Westwood? Well, Jim Hayes was there on staff. And I go back with Jim. And Jim is the father to John, right, our worship leader. So all kinds of ties with Westwood. Well, Philip is the brand-new pastor there. And he sat down and I said, tell me your story. And he started telling me the story of how God found him and how he got called into uh, being a pastor and where he went to school and how, the crazy story of how he got out to Westwood. and uh, But as he was talking, and he had no idea I was going to give this message on church planning. He started telling me about, Steve, I really think we got to jump in on this church planning thing, and I really think Westwood's got to carry its weight. He said, and so my goal, he says, I'm going to launch it now uh, with our church. He says, our goal is that Westwood, not the South Sound Network, but Westwood is going to plant six churches in the next ten years. And I went, whoa. And we, we all sat around. We were asking questions. And that guy's a really sharp guy, really neat guy. And that led me to, to, to this kind of um, question right here for us. So I had Margaret just draw a map of Washington and throw some targets up there. That's roughly our area. They don't really correspond to anything. But think of the church plants I've just pegged. And the question I'd like to ask us this morning is this. What's... What's our, where do we fit on that map, right? Where do we fit on that map? Where will be Northview's plant? Now, we've, we've had some plants. Uh, they've not been local plants. They've been distant plants. We planted a church in Redmond, Oregon. We planted a church in uh, Wales, New Wales in Florida. Uh, and th- although they had some success and they've done some things, the church in Redmond died, uh, some T- tragic things happened there that just blew that one up, and then uh, the church in Florida, I think, is still operating, but Andrew and Rebecca aren't there anymore. Matter of fact, Andrew and Rebecca, if you haven't followed them, they are now in Yakima. All right, Andrew's in a church, and a matter of fact, he is a stone's throw away from Zach and Ellie. So, like, we're collecting Norfe worship leaders over in Yakima. I don't know what's <laughs> going on with that, but. Um, But So we haven't had great success and we haven't had success planting a church here in the local area. And question for us that I want to ask is, where do we fit on that map? And what I want you to know is that's one of the reasons I'm really excited about going on sabbatical. I need a time where I can stop long enough that I can actually ask the Lord that question and not get interrupted every five minutes so I can actually listen. Right? What I'm going to do uh, right out of the chute after uh, the Sunday Memorial weekend is I'm going to kiss my wife and kiss my kids, and then I'm going to go to a cabin, then I'm going to spend 10 days fasting and praying, and I'm going to want ask the Lord, what does that look like? What is your will for us? What could we do? What should we do? And I don't want to act out of presumption, right? Everybody else is doing it, so we should do it. That's just pride and arrogance. That, But I also don't want to be the type of people that sit back and watch everybody else do it. I think this is something we've got to get in on. I think this is something we don't want to say, wow, look at what God did, but yeah, we never we never thought that was for us. Uh, that was for other. I'm like, no! We want to be part of that story. We want to be part of the legacy and the heritage of it. I just don't have any idea how to do it. All right? And the reason I don't have any idea how to do it is because right now, uh, next week, we're going to talk about the fact that the Zipfiz space has opened up. We've been praying for that. Uh, It's opening up. The problem is it's opening up too soon. We needed two more years to be able to get where we needed to go so we could do that. And they are actually looking for new space right now as we speak. We'll probably have space by the end of summer and uh, Jacob is going to begin to uh, market the space. And he wants to know what we're going to do with it. And I went, ah. I need to pray, Jacob. This is uh, Jacob, a Jewish guy, right? Hey, I need to pray. And uh, so part of it is we're going to come back next week and talk about the ins and outs of that faith step and what the Lord might be doing. But I want to go away and spend some time alone just to hear from the Lord. And I'm hoping it's a we, not a me. My hope is that while I go do what you freed me up to do, God will also speak to us corporately. He won't just speak to me individually, but he'll speak up to us corporately because I know unless it's among us, unless it rises up from us, it, it isn't going to go anywhere. All right. And so these are the challenges and the face steps that are in front of us right now. This is the first one. We'll come back to the one, uh, the space next week and walk you through the ins and outs of that. But uh, be thinking about that, be in prayer about that, but know God is really doing something in Converge Northwest. There is some exciting things happening in terms of the plants that are going on and we need to not only be aware of that, but I think we need to join that. All right? Let's pray together. Father, as we walk through this, um, I told my friends it would sound like lobbying and it probably does. And the difference between lobbying is whether I'm lobbying for you or not. And whether this is something you want to raise and stir up in us, or whether it's just something in Steve and it will die there. We don't know the answer to that. You know I'm eagerly longing to come and just spend time alone and seek answers from you and for you on this. But as we think about this together, what you're doing, first of all, we give you great praise for what's gone on in the last three years. Lord, if you took just North Shore and uh And then all the churches now, there's over five times the people worshiping outside North Shore than what are actually um, at North Shore. Lord, and we'd like to be a church like that. We'd like to be a church that there's far more worshiping outside of us than even here. So we give that to you a great hope. Ask that you might give us eyes to see. And we ask this in your name. Amen.